0: From the summit on legal innovation and disruption East 2018 in New York City, I'm Abby Rosenblum.
1: I'm Daniel Pelk. I'm Brian Isbell. I'm Adam
2: Rubinger. I'm Julia Hazensall.
0: And we're on the road again with Legal Talk Network. And we're back. Thank you so much for joining us on the road. It's a pleasure to be here. Today we're talking about innovation. Tell me a little bit about who you are, where you are,
3: and what you do. Uh, I'm Daniel Pelk. I am a senior marketing manager at Relativity, uh, and I work primarily with law firms on innovation.
1: I'm Brian Isbell. I am the Managing Director of Global eDiscovery and Data Advisory at Baker McKenzie. I globally lead our eDiscovery group. I'm responsible for uh, legal technology, um, large-scale document review projects, alternative legal services.
4: I'm Adam Rubinger with Night Owl Discovery. I am the Chief Client Officer. My role is, has total purview over our client experience. Um, our focus is on making sure that the client experience is as good as it can be. And we're looking at ways that we can innovate and, and use y- legal technologies, processes, and people to make that client experience as good as
2: it can be. I'm Julia Hazenzahl. I'm the founder and CEO of ProSearch Strategies.
0: So tell me what you thought of the morning sessions. Is there one particular takeaway that you'd like to share with everyone?
3: I was impressed with the attitude about failure and the fact that failure is so, is so free and acceptable. Uh, and just a different way of thinking about about innovation as more of a laboratory than success or failure.
1: Yeah, I have to agree with that. I mean, I think it's, it's really interesting to get the perspective of, of clients and, and what they're thinking and, and what they expect and what they're looking for from service providers and outside counsel and, and hearing that don't be afraid to fail. Uh, I, you know, that was that, that really resonated for sure.
4: For me, it was really, you know, kind of a, a, sh- a change from when In e-discovery space, we were really just trying to figure out how to get it done. And I think we're now finally at a place where we're looking at process improvement. We're looking at ways we can be innovative, be disruptive, um, look at technologies as a useful tool to get better, to reduce data, to reduce the amount of spend, to reduce risk. All of those things are really what was talked about in terms of how can we, you know, just improve versus how are we just figuring this thing out?
2: I thought the conversation about the big four was very enlightening. And then the conversation that happened at our table following the presentation about the big four and the continued conversations were interesting because um, it really demonstrated to me, I think, one of the advantages the big four will have moving into the legal space. And that is they're going to solve the problem from a people process technology standpoint from the beginning, where everyone else at the table has to figure out how to, solve the problem of technology separate from process, separate from people, instead of an integrated approach. So you have somebody who's legal apps at a law firm trying to solve a litigation problem, and, and they're not part of the practice process. They're separate. And so the big four are going to have the opportunity to come in and solve all those things in an integrated way instead of having to solve them on three separate tracks. And I think that's gonna give them an enormous advantage. And I know that we talked about
3: the cooperation between different organizations, specifically people who are here. In my mind, it's really a four-legged stool. You need to have technology providers, you need to have service providers, you need to have law firms, you need to have corporations all working together. And I think that really is the only way to prevent what could be a, a, a Big Four takeover as far as the legal services are concerned.
1: Yeah, two thoughts that come to mind for me on the Big Four conversation. One, it was the general counsel from DHL who said that uh, in the U.S., if you are um, planning to continue to hang your hat on the idea that um, we can hide behind the veil of, of the regulatory uh, environment in the in the U.S., you're sorely mistaken because he thinks that that veil will raise, and and that you know that regulatory you know veil that we're hiding behind is 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 likely to be gone. So that was one thing that I, that I thought was really interesting because that could you know really help the Big Four in their in their move. But he also did say they would have to prove themselves and he is not going you know, to the big four for legal advice anytime soon. That was one thing. Um, the, the other thing that I thought was really uh, interesting in terms of the conversation at, at our table was when people talk about innovation, I think everyone immediately thinks about technology. But being innovative is not always about technology, it also is about process redesign and the way that you're leveraging people being strategic in the way that you're offering services um, and so a lot of what we heard from from clients today is yes technology is important but the people and the way that you're delivering services and offering services is also uh, critical as well. So, so redesigning those processes is important.
4: One of the things that, that came up at our table was differentiation and you know it, and I think it was a, it's a problem that the corporations are facing in trying to decide how do they procure legal services. From both law firms as well as service providers, right? Um, The law firms are all offering very similar services and what differentiates them is the depth of experience, the depth of knowledge, um, the things that they're doing in terms of the the, the types of cases they're handling. Um, Being able to present that to the corporate client or to the buyer in this case um, is very challenging because they're getting a handful of different firms who all have very great experience, and they have great depth of experience, and they have great knowledge. The same holds true with technology vendors and, and service providers, right? Um, the, the technology is fairly similar, and, and most service providers are using best-of-breed technologies. They might have some variances between them, but for the most part, the maturity of the technologies has come to a point where it's no longer a differentiator to be using a specific technology necessarily. What really is, I think, challenging for corporations in when they're procuring legal services is being able to figure out, you know, to your point, the process, you know, is the process down? Do they know what they're doing? Do we have the depth of expertise to really deliver excellent services to those kinds of clients?
2: I agree. I think that um, the technology is fairly ubiquitous. Every time I see a new tool, the first question I ask is, who do you think operates that tool? Where's the expertise come to make that tool go? And I think that, that that is where, as a service provider, we can differentiate ourselves, where we build workflows that make that technology accessible, and we put technology expertise along with the technology in front of an attorney, in front of a law firm. Technology alone hasn't solved any problems. Technology with smart people is where the problems are solved. And and that's to your point about innovation, I think the same thing, there are other ways to innovate, and one of those might be the type of people you hire, who those experts are, and how they use the technology, not just the technology itself.
3: I'm gonna take issue with a couple of things, being one of the providers who creates the uh, the software. So uh, there's a lot of innovation that goes into it. it. I know on behalf of Relativity, on behalf of our competitors, we're constantly innovating in order to make sure that one of us is winning the arms race, and making sure that that innovation is reaching the firms, but. As far as the the secret sauce for the law firms, it really goes to what Bryant's firm is doing with innovation, creating innovation hubs and creating the methodology around innovation that allows them to differentiate themselves from the myriad of competitors that they have.
2: Well, I'm going to both agree and disagree with you. The the pitch from relativity has always been, and, and I think the The reason we continue to partner with Relativity is there is an opportunity to differentiate yourself. You provide a solid technology platform, but a lot of flexibility in terms of our opportunity as vendors to create a user experience and a workflow that's customized for a law firm or for a client. And so the two go hand in hand. I think that final step of how you're going to use technology and how you're going to present that solution is the human component. And and a large part of the acceptance of technology is in the presenting of the deliverable. I would agree with that. Absolutely.
0: So tell me one thing, everybody, that you know now that you didn't know when you walked in the door this morning.
3: I learned a lot about the big four and didn't know much because I had always assumed that there was a (laughs) firewall around legal services to where the big four really couldn't touch it because of ethical responsibilities, uh, didn't realize how much they were moving into the legal space and, and what that will look like in the near future.
1: Well, I certainly don't want to sound like a know-it-all because I, I'm not. I think that I knew what was going on with the big four and, and obviously it's something that we're watching closely and we're, and we're, looking, we're looking at and we're talking about it. Um, I think what I didn't know was the perspective from the the corporate client and how they view the big four um, and the way that they're you know uh, considering disrupting the legal market so i think that that's something that was um, that was new for me today was getting that perspective
4: i would agree with both of those those opinions because i came in not really having an appreciation for the amount of legal work that I think the big four are doing. Um, you know, they're, they're someone made the distinction between providing legal services and legal advice. And, you know, I, I don't think the big four are actually providing legal advice to anyone I, Unauthorized practice law would prohibit that. But for the most part, you know, they're doing a lot of the things they are providing legal services to the corporations in, larger numbers than I expected. Um, But I think, you know, there's still, uh, you know, uh, space for both providers, big four and law firms to be able to, you know, complete that picture for the corporation to get the best advice they can possibly get.
2: I think it also points to the example of the surgeon versus the masseuse. And there is a lot of opportunity for the masseuse. And that's where the big four and other service providers can compete with the law firm. And the fact that you hear corporate counsel acknowledging the difference and shopping for that difference tells you where the market will be in five years.
0: Are your table discussions helpful? Are you all learning from each other at the tables?
3: We have a varied table. We've got a mix of people between corporate, law firm, service provider, Technology provider. So yeah, the perspectives are very interesting, uh, and you hear it from a number of different points of view, which really sort of solidifies the points that we're hearing today.
0: So before we close it out for today, one last question: If our listeners would like to follow up, how can they? How can they reach you?
3: Uh, this is Daniel Pelk with Relativity. You can follow me on Twitter uh, at Danny Pelk. Uh,
4: and this is Brian Isbel from Baker McKenzie, and you can follow me on LinkedIn. This is Adam Rubinger from Night Owl Discovery. You can follow me on Twitter at Rubinger, or you can find me on LinkedIn.
2: This is Julia Hazensall from ProSearch Strategies, and you can follow ProSearch on LinkedIn. Well, we've
0: reached the end of End of the Road for today's episode. I want to thank our guests for joining us today. We also want to thank our listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard today, please rate us in Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next time for another episode of On the Road with Legal Talk Network.
3: If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit
1: legaltalknetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook, or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes.